Amen. Good evening, everyone. Come on, can we put our hands together? Can you turn it down just a little bit up here on the monitors, please? Just a little bit on the monitors, getting a little feedback. Good evening, everyone. Amen. Are you glad to be in God's house just one more time? Oh, come on now. I heard just my left side over here. How about this side over here? Are you glad? All right, I think we got a little competition. I think we got a little competition. Listen, we want to welcome you to the Word of Knowledge Bible College. We are so excited that we're able to represent our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of not just my faith, but of everybody's faith. Amen. If you put your trust in him, amen, he will bring you through. We just want to say welcome to all of you who are viewing with us online. Um, we, again, as always, are here at Tabernacle of Praise at the top. Recognize that you could be somewhere else, but you chose to worship with us today, and we want to say thank you and welcome. Um, right here in the house, I know we, I'm looking around. I'm trying to see if we have anybody here. Did anybody bring anybody? We have anyone, any guests? You brought me, myself. They, they don't count. They don't count. Yes. Who, who brought you? Sister Beverly, did you know? Did you know you brought someone, Sister Beverly? <laughs> you know it now. <laughs> well, listen, we have a gift that we want to. Who is your friend? I already know who she is, but who is your friend? Who did you? Who did? Hello, Patsy. That's my prayer partner. We're on the phone every morning at 6.30 a.m. And where did I announce it? On the prayer line. Oh, hallelujah. Well, we have a gift for you, Miss Patsy. Sister um, Brenda, what do we have for Sister Patsy? I'm sure she may not want that one. I think those are for the itty bitties. But Sister Patsy, we want to welcome you. We want to thank you. We have a gift for you. Yes, ma'am. Could you give that to her? Which one is that? 180 power tips for parents. Uh, she was saying her babies are grown. I see your hand. Uh, Sister, Sister Kathy brought a guest. Amen. I see you, Sister Kathy. Who did you bring with you today? Brother Dwayne Jones. Come on, let's put our hands together, Sister. I see you, brother. I see you. I see you. Well, we have a gift for you. We, uh, Sister Brenda, we keeping... Did you do the first one yet? Are we, you can... My God is bigger. Amen. And what do we have for... Amen. Well, we praise God for you. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for our guests? Listen, we are here every night except for Mondays and Thursdays. Do you have them? Amen. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I didn't see those in my view. But we're here every, every night except for Monday and Thursdays. Amen. We also have a light meal for those. That, did anybody enjoy that meal today? Huh? The meal is at 6 o'clock. You ended your fast today? So we'll catch you on Tuesday because it was on today. I have to be honest with you. I didn't get any, but it sure smelled good. And, um, and so we want to encourage each and every one of you to come out at 6 o'clock 
where we're able to fellowship with a light meal, and then we'll go right into our revival time. Listen, I want to thank everyone. We do want to go into our quiz time, so I'm going to step out the way. We want to invite Pastor Hackle from Agape, Seventh-day Adventist Church, to come up here and take us through our quiz time together. Good evening, everybody. So good to be here with you all, and y'all know when you go to class, uh, you got to expect that there's going to be a quiz. All right, all right. Where's the prizes at, preacher? Prizes? Okay. We'll get to the prizes. All right. Is it, is it get them all right and you get a prize, or if you get one right, then you get a prize? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to help y'all out. <laughs> Hope y'all was paying attention yesterday. Uh, we're going to go into the quiz. Um, raise your hand. Shout it out. Um, just make sure you got it right if you're going to shout it out. The title of yesterday's message. The title. Oh, <laughs> we starting off rocky already. The title of yesterday. You got to make sure you got it right. I'm up here. I'm up here. If, make sure. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Write it down. Write it down. Well, both, it sounded like both of them was wrong. <laughs> Think about it. Yesterday's message. Google it. Look, it's on YouTube. Title of yesterday's message. Title of yesterday's message. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I'm going to give y'all some help. First word. One, two, three, four, five. Five words in this title. The first word is the. First word is the. And what's the last? <laughs> what's the last one? Okay, okay, okay. Listen, I'm going to help you out. I'm not going to tell you this word, but whatever the last word is it's associated with being the last hmm the is the first word on this paper oh. <laughs> yes it is all right all right all right next question next question next question um so we went with the title from yesterday um will there be this is yes or no Will there be a judgment that is fair? Will there be a judgment that is fair? Yes or no? You don't give them your answers, but that's a good answer. That's a good answer. That's number two. Number three. Number three. Number three. What book, in what book of the Bible, in what book of the Bible is the following text found? saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. What book do we find that in? And I'll tell you this, you might have missed number one, um, but we're going to give you a little grace. If you could tell me chapter and verse, that'll make up for number one that you missed. We okay, all right, all right. We're on to number four. Those who are lost are lost because of what? 
Those who are lost are lost because of what? And then last question, last question. Which books, so you got to have two answers here, which books are the prophetic twins book? Uh-huh. Which books? Which books? Um, so twins would be two. Um, triplets would be three. We're going with the prophetic twins. You, you know it. You know it. Which two books are known as the prophetic twins? This is probably the easiest one. Really? So the preacher, wait, so, so, wait, 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 wait. So what you, what you arguing right now is that the teacher didn't have that in the instructions and so you cannot pass the quiz, that's what you said? <laughs> all right, all right, I'm going to run through these real quick and then I guess we'll collect them and see who got the most right and announce it before the end of the night. Is that what we're going to do? We want to collect them? All right, I'm going to read them real quick, real quick, just to make sure. The title of last, yesterday's message was blank. Uh, will there be a judgment that is fair? Um, that's a yes, no, or I don't know. <laughs> what book of the Bible? In what book of the Bible is the following text saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And here's the bonus. If you can give me the chapter and verse, you get a bonus. All right. Um, those who are lost are lost because of what? And which two books are known as the prophetic twins? Don't. That, that could be one of the twins. <laughs> I don't know. But um, turn in your um, quiz and we'll grade them and go from there. Oh, you want me to give them the answers now? All right. Everybody turn them in. All right, I see somebody in the back. I don't, want, I don't want you to cross it out and try to write in your answer. You got one in the corner. You got one in the corner. The one Sister Beverly invited. We don't want her to be trying to cheat back there. <laughs> All right, we good? So... If y'all disagree with any of these answers, <laughs> see the preacher. Uh, <laughs> if y'all disagree with any of these answers, all right, here we go. Still writing? Okay. Okay. You you got all the questions? What was the title of yesterday's message? Title of yesterday's message. That's number one. And you need number three? Um, book of the Bible. Book of the Bible. What book is this found in? Saying with a loud voice. Fear God. You got it? If you give me the chapter and verse, you get a bonus. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right. Got one more. Here we go. 
Here we go. Number one. <laughs> the title of yesterday's message was The Beginning of the End. The Beginning of the End. <laughs> <You're not laughs> All right. I know who missed I know who missed that first one. Um number two, number two. Will the <laughs> will the judgment will the judgment be fair? Will there be a judgment that is fair? What's that answer, y'all? Yes. yes. Will there be a judgment that is fair? Yes. What book of the Bible did the text come from that I read? Revelation. 14.7. Yes. Very, very close. Very close. Very close. Um, those who are lost. This one is going to be an interesting. I can't wait to hear this answer. Go ahead, sis. Isn't it also in 1 John? Can we give alternate answers or you wanted the ones you gave? See him. See him. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. All right, all right. Number four. Number four. Those who are lost are lost because of what? Ooh -wee. Their choices. Their choices. Their choices. Yep. Their choices. Their choices. Last one. Which two books? Which two books are known as the prophetic twins? Daniel. Daniel and Revelation. Yep, good job, good job, good job. Give yourself a round of applause. Amen. Where are my Bible scholars at? Where are my Bible scholars? The word of knowledge, Bible scholars. It's like y'all was having too much fun out here. Hey, I know we online, but I'm the, you know, we want to be, but, but that means that online i guess if you were in the city you would have to come on in here and get some of this excitement amen um, but we want to praise god amen that's right that's right at this time we want to continue on to move along we want to invite up sister jan that she comes and share with us our health nugget good evening so I'm going to facilitate the health nuggets during the revival, and I'm going to talk about several of the concepts from Creation Life, which is a faith-based wellness plan. And those concepts are choice, rest, activity, trust in God, interpersonal relationships, outlook, and nutrition. And the pastor reminded us yesterday that we have freedom of choice, and those choices can lead to good or bad outcomes. And so several of our members are going to talk about the choices they've made regarding their health and the benefits they've experienced. And we hope that the stories they share, the information I have for you, will inspire you to think about some choices you wanna to make to have better health, and then set some goals and try to start working on those. And so first we're gonna start with a brief video on choice, and then Rose is gonna present our health nugget for this evening. Is your life all you expected or wanted? Are you making choices that get you closer to your goals and dreams? 
And think about your relationships, your health, even your career. Even though things happen in life that are out of your control, the reality is that most likely where you are today is a direct result of your choices, even small ones that add up over time. Wise choices are the foundation for achieving positive, lasting change. And every day we face a myriad of choices from the mundane to the monumental. And each one also shapes who we are and who we become. From the very beginning, God's desire for humankind was to have the freedom of choice. Adam and Eve had the ability to choose what they wanted in life, and it's the same for us today. And just like them, the choices we make do shape our futures. Suppose you want to take a road trip. You probably put a lot of thought into what you want to do on that trip and what sights you're going to see along the way. You pack carefully, you make arrangements for where you're going to spend the night and fill your car with gas. And the last thing you do is you pull out your phone and type in your destination and tap go, right? Now along the way, if you make a wrong turn or take a detour, it's not a problem because your GPS simply redirects you. It alerts you of road closures and more efficient routes. It keeps you updated on your arrival time. Think about your life. How are you planning? Are you on the most efficient route to getting there? The first step in making good decisions is believing that you have control over your life. Why is this so important? Because studies show that people who believe they have control over their own lives are healthier, happier, and live longer. They have a mission or a purpose in their life and will do all in their power to achieve it. That is the power of choice at work. So there are three things to get you started here. First of all, begin by creating a guide, a mission statement. Just like when you go on a trip, you have to know where you're going and why you're going in order to create a plan for that journey. Now, this is not something that you write overnight. Give it some thought. Schedule some time to write what's most important to you about your life. And again, think about work, friendships, life partner, health, and relationship with God. Whatever is important to you becomes your why and can and does shape the choices you make every day. Secondly, think about your habits. Did you know that each day you make about 35,000 choices? There's a study by Duke University that's revealed that 45% of those decisions are unconscious habits. In other words, almost half of our choices are based on our habitual way of thinking and doing things. Things we do on autopilot. We don't think about them, but they become habits. And the more aware you are of your habits, the better you can focus on changing the bad ones. And then third, focus on the 1%. Simple, right? In his book, Atomic Habits, author James Clear states that if you can get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you're done. That is amazing. Who wouldn't want to be 37 times better in just 1% increments? Now the key here is to think simple. Think small. Think atomic, as small as an atom. Make easy changes incrementally and in no time you will see the progress as you move toward the person you want to be. God has given you the power to change and grow. Reach out to Him as you plan your life. He'll be with you as you experience all those detours along the way. He loves you and He wants the very best for you. Live healthy, live whole. That's creation life.
think I heard Jan say that we were gonna tell testimonies. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this really quick and short. Uh, seven years ago, I was extremely ill. I have three forms of arthritis. <sighs> three forms of arthritis, and I had been in 21 vehicle accidents. That's why I had the three arthritises and four discs that are messed up in my back and a hip that's not in the socket. Anyway, I was on the verge of, I guess, getting disability. <laughs> I was in the hospital every other month with getting injections and taking powerful medicine that had me just tripping. And I kept praying to God and I was like, God, there, there has to be an answer. I heard him clear as day when I was taking a sabbatical from work or whatever, and he said, go vegan. I'm gonna tell you, I was on probably 10 different medications. Every medication that I was off on, in 30 days, the doctor took me off of every medication, including insulin resistance medication. Um, on top of that, I did my own research. You know, I have been just reading, 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 reading. And um, one thing that's important is to exercise. A lot of people feel like um, they're skinny, they don't need to exercise. That's not the reason you need to exercise. I'm gonna read a little bit of something that um, I found in the uh, National Library of Medicine. First, studies have found that if you just spend 30 to 60 minutes a week of strength training, it's enough to lower your risk 10 to 20% from dying from cancer and diseases. Also, this can be accomplished through weightlifting, exercises, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, body weight type of stuff. You don't have to really go out and just do weights. You can do body weight, yoga, specific type of yogas. Also, um, it also, in doing these exercises, it, in, it improves your glucose, your metabolism. It helps maintain a healthy body weight your cardiovascular, blood pressure, different things like that, your diabetes, and it lowers your morbidity, uh, mortality rate, I'm sorry. And the abstract that was in the uh, National Library of Medicine starts off with, aging is associated with a number of physiologic and functional decline that can contribute to increased disability Fragility and falls. Contributing factors are the loss of muscle mass and strength as age increases. A phenomenon called sarcopenia. Sarcopenia can result or be exacerbated by certain chronic conditions and can also increase the burden of chronic diseases. Current research has demonstrated that strength training exercises have the ability to combat weakness and fragility and there are debilitating consequences. Done regularly, two to three days a week, these exercises build muscle strength and muscle mass and preserve bone density, independence and vitality with age. In addition, strength training also has the ability to reduce the risk of osteoporosis and the signs and symptoms of numerous uh, chronic diseases such as heart disease, arthritis, and type 2 diabetes, while also improving sleep and reducing depression. This proper review, the current research on strength training and older adults evaluate exercise protocol in a variety of populations. 
It is clear that a variety of strength training prescriptions from highly controlled laboratory-based to minimal supervised home-based programs had the ability to elicit meaningful health benefits in older adults. The key challenges as this field of exercise science moves forward are to best identify the most appropriate strength training recommendations for older adults and to greatly increase the access to safe and effective programs in a variety of settings. And I know that this works. I mean, literally, because when I was going through all that pain, I woke up crying. I went to bed crying. I cried all day. I sat at my desk crying. I, I, people would speak to me, and I would start crying because the pain was so immense that I couldn't focus. It caused depression. So in changing the diet and exercising, it changed everything. It changed my mind. It changed my thought process. It made me happier. It felt like someone had lifted a veil off of my body. I just recommend that, I know a lot of people are against it, but just like the video says, start walking. Start with 10 minutes. You don't have to go out there and join a gym and get a trainer, just start somewhere. Because as you get older, if you don't have muscle, how is your body gonna support itself? You have to have that muscle. And that's my health nugget, everybody. Thank you. everyone to just stand to your feet and just let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us.
the praises of our King rise among us, let it rise. Shout. Let the shout of the Lord rise among us, let the shout of the Lord rise among us, let the praises of our King rise among us, let it rise. of our King. Amen. Amen. Rise among us. Thank you. Yeah. Did that scare, scare anyone? Everybody's still? We still here? You're still here. Amen. Everybody didn't know one ran out. We're just going to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's why we're here. We're here to enjoy the name of the Lord, to give him praise, to give him honor, to give him glory. Let's, let's go ahead and get into this word of knowledge, Bible college. Um, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful and privileged and honored to be able to come before you, for you truly are an amazing God. Um, without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. And so we give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen again. Again, I just want to welcome everyone for coming out. I know that you could be somewhere else on this beautiful Sunday day, um, but we know that God is a very present help. And so we're here to just learn a little bit about our Lord and Savior. You know, it's always good to learn, Amen. Amen. I don't, you know, if we have gotten to the point in our Christian experience where we know everything, then um, that is a scary place to be. But that's just me saying that. Uh, you may feel that you're in, 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 in control and that you have it all worked out. But the reality is, is that God is still teaching us and still showing us and still educating us. Amen. There is no way you're going to know everything about God. Amen. Just want to help you out. So tonight we want to just pick up on our, our topic from last night or yesterday, amen, where we dealt with the beginning of the end. Amen. We're talking about the soon coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so tonight we want to take a look at this topic, facing Revelation's judgment. Now, I don't know about you, but I get excited about Revelation. Um, I don't run from it. Now, let me be real and transparent. I used to run from it. I didn't want to fool with it. Um, that was because I didn't know. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the understanding that Revelation is really just a book of revealing. That's the, really Revelation is, means to reveal. It's simply God is just showing us exactly how he's going to redeem us. He's just showing us what's going to happen in these last days. And the reality is there is a lot happening 
in these last days. Amen. But we can even go back in history and just see how a lot of stuff um, that has been going on. Anybody remember um, a young man by the name of Adolf Hitler? Anybody remember Hitler? Amen. Is my clicker clicking? Amen. It's not you. It's me. Amen. Let me try this right here. Amen. There we go. There we go. Anybody remember this? This is old news right here. Old news. Everybody know that Hitler was a rough character. Amen. He did some horrible things. Amen. To the point that where he had the Jews, um, he enslaved them. Now, we could talk about even our history as African-American. Amen. And how we were enslaved and how we were um, mistreated and, and how we was mishandled. But this young man um, um, of Adolf Hitler um, had more than 6 million European Jews um, in, in prison and did some of the most unthinkable things. Now, again, you know, I, don't, I, you know, I, I know about my heritage and I chose not to go that route. Because when you think about what Hitler did and this one man, amen, this wasn't laws on the book. This was one man, amen, um, that, 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 that took these Jews, placed them in concentration camps, uh, um, led them even to their own demise. I mean, he literally put them in ditches and set them on fire and, and did all kinds of things to these individuals, even cremated them. Uh, this young man, Hitler, was, 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 was serious about these Jews. But when the world understood the magnitude of what was going on, when the world understood the damage that this man was doing, they decided to bring him to justice. Uh, they decided to trial him for, for a, 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 a war crime. 22 leading Nazi officials were brought on trial. But Hitler himself escaped. Anybody know how he escaped? Committed suicide. Took his own life. But do you not know that our court, the courts itself, was led by this British judge uh, 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 named Lawrence, an American justice uh, who mostly defended um, um, Hitler, who, who, who actually um, um, felt as if Hitler, you know, um, been killing himself, taking his own life. The punishment was so little compared to a crime of millions of deaths that this man did. So even, even though Hitler took his own, it couldn't even compare to all the lives that he had affected. But if we were to lift our eyes to, uh, from earth and look to the heavens, uh, uh, to a trial of the ages, uh, from the earthly court to the heavenly one, earth day of judgment has come. Earth day has, of judgment has come. God's last warning message to this world given by John the Revelator simply says in Revelation chapter 14 verse 6 says then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth to every nation tribe tongue and people saying with a loud voice fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment 
has come. The Bible says that this message is for every nation, every tribe, every language, every group of people. The hour of God's judgment has come. This is no earthly court. This is no trial of the century, but this is heaven's court, which is court date that has been set. Now, I look around and I realize that this message is one of the messages that we as Seventh-day Adventists, we preach quite often and we hear quite often. But the reality is many of us, while we hear it, we don't believe it. Well, many of us, we sit in these type of settings and in these type of revivals. And we know that most of you, if the truth be told, could probably come up here and teach this lesson yourself. Now, if you're sitting there saying, I don't know, Pastor, I don't think I can do that, you just answered my question, or should I say confirmed my hypothesis, if you will. Because as many times as you've heard this, now I get it, there are some that are new, there are some that are here, you probably never heard this before in your life. But the reality is, this is not an old message. The reality is that this is not something that God has just sprung on us, but the judgment seat of Christ. God's message to this last day. This is the final trial. This is the trial of the ages, the final drama in history of the world. This great controversy between good and evil is finally fully, completely settled, destined all mankind are settled our destinies that's why when the question was asked if any one of us would be lost we would be lost because of no it's not Satan we have the victory over Satan mm-hmm we're not lost because of sin. Sin can't do anything to us in and of itself if you don't lie so sin can't do anything to us. Guess who is our worst enemy? <laughs> You're your worst enemy. So don't look at me. Don't say, well, Lord, at the judgment, the preacher didn't teach. The preacher taught. He did the best he could. Because let's just be real up in here, up in here. The preacher struggles at times. There are times the saints show up at the preacher's office and the preachers not having the wonderful day that you would would think that he would have and let's just be real there are times the preacher want to just say could you please bag up and give me about 50 feet <laughs> but I know this preacher in this house don't do that kind of stuff <laughs> But the Bible reminds us and the Bible lets us know, he says here uh, in, in, in the book of Daniel, one of those books of the twins, says, I was watching in the night vision and behold, one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven. He came to the anointed of days and they brought him near before him. They came. Can you imagine that scene? Can you imagine that moment? Daniel looks up into the heavens. He sees the supreme court of the universe. 10,000 times 10,000. The cherubims and seraphims, angels in the heavenly courts. 
But he sees the ancient of days, God the Father, seated on his throne. He sees the Son of Man, the Father and the Son, sit supreme in the supreme court of the universe right here, John. In the book of Daniel, we see this. It says, I watched till thrones were put into place, and the ancient of days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, a thousand, thousand ministered to him, ten thousand times ten thousand. The court was seated, and the books were open. Now again, I don't know about you, but, but this is a moment where I get excited because I know, I'm, I know, I know, let, you know, I have to be, I know I have fallen and I need help getting up. I know that I am not perfect, Sister Hackle, I, 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 I you know, I just, listen, can I just be honest with you in here today, I, I am not perfect and sometimes I am baffled at the fact that God would allow me See, some preachers, you know, they feel like they deserve this title as if they have arrived. But I'll just be honest with you that, that I'm amazed that God will still love me in spite of myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so amazed that God will continue to wake me up every morning and, and still allow me to come and stand in this pulpit oh, yeah, yeah. and proclaim his goodness you, and talk about how great he is. Even though there are moments when I'm questioning even my own faith. And wondering even if it's all worth it. But God says, I got you, son. And so when I read these books here, when I look at Daniel, when I look at Revelation, when I realize that there is a judgment, I'm like, okay, God, you told me to keep running. You told me to keep moving, even when I didn't feel like moving. You said keep moving, even when I wanted to give up. You said keep moving, even when I wanted to throw in the towel. You said, son, just keep moving. So if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down because he led me down. And guess what? God tells us, he said, I'm not a God that I should lie. I'm not going to send you somewhere that I hadn't already been. I'm not going to put something on you that you can't handle. Matter of fact, it's already done. It's already been dealt with. Why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Why are you fussing? Why are you getting upset? I've already dealt with it. I've already handled it. I've already put it to the test before I even brought it to you. You have to understand in the book of Job, can nothing come upon you unless God first give it the approval. I'm, I'm, I'm at a revival. I'm supposed to be teaching. So let me get back to the teaching. <laughs> I got excited. My Lord. <laughs> I got excited here. The Bible says that the courts that were seated and the books were open. This is, this is a, mag a magnificent, majestic, glorious scene of the supreme court of the universe. The Bible says that the books were open. The evidence is presented. Why? Because the court, because God has already settled it all. 
So what, are, what occurs in this judgment? How is this drama destinies are settled as the sun sets the planet called Earth? Uh, uh, you all, we, we, we are recalled the studying time of this judgment, timing, cleansing of the heavenly sanctuary. You see, we understand that when we read the book of Daniel chapter 8, verse 14, it simply reminds us that, and he said to me for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. You see, in the Bible, one prophetic day is one literal year. So in other words, 2,300 prophetic days from Daniel's time represented 2,300 years. And so the Bible talks about the cleansing of this sanctuary. It talks about these two sanctuaries, one on earth and one in heaven. One on earth uh, a scale model or a copy or a pattern of the great original sanctuary which is in heaven. Because God understands that we would need this. So 2,300 years in the future from Daniel's day, obviously no sanctuary on earth. But when Jesus died, the Bible says that the veil in the earthly temple was split and no longer sacrificing of lambs were brought to the temple. There was no more need to sacrifice lambs. I mean, just keep in mind, if you were back in the Bible days and you had to sacrifice for your sins, you can imagine that every morning you would wake up and you would walk out your house and your neighbor would be able to see you walking to the temple wondering what sin did you commit today? But oh, we live in a time now where we commit sins all day long and we roll up in the house of God as if everything is a-okay. It's all good in the neighborhood because you couldn't see it. I just between me and my God see they would bring their lambs and everybody in the community would see them walking to the temple after the death of the lamb on the earthly sanctuary the priest would take the blood into the sanctuary and after Christ's death he, uh, 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 the, uh, the lamb of God Christ the lamb of God ascended to the heavenly sanctuary and at the end, the Jewish religious cycle, earth, this earthly sanctuary that this here, what we call the day of atonement or the day of judgment. And at the end of time, also, we will find ourselves in the day of judgment. You see, we're not going to always be here, family of God. Just want to help you out along the way um, as you continue to profess your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want you to know that this is not going to always be that one day this will come to an abrupt halt. One day the, the sky will crack. Jesus will come. And the question you have to ask yourself is, are you ready? And like back in the day, I remember them used to sell out, you're not ready. Are you ready to receive him? Are you ready to meet my Jesus? And so according to Daniel's prophecy, 2,300 days, Daniel time takes the world to the heavenly, the heavenly judgment just before the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So here we are right here. The 2,300 days years began in 457 B.C. This decree to rebuild Jerusalem. 
And for 490 years, it applies to the Jews. And at the end, it completed right here in 31 AD, the Jews sacrificed our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And later in 34 AD, they stoned Stephen. The gospel to the Gentiles was now preached. And 23 Hundred years from 457 BC to 1844 and since 1844 my brothers and sisters I'm just trying to help you along the way we have been living in the time of the end and back in the day we used to have these prophecies used to say we're living in what we call the toenail age but I want to suggest to you today my brothers and sisters that I believe the toenail has been clipped a period the Bible calls God's judgment hour when heaven's courts is in session when destinies of the human race has been settled. God is making record. God is keeping track. Everything we say, everything that we do, we talked about it on yesterday, that even our thoughts are being recorded. Even our words are being recorded. So if I can help you out a little bit further, there is no such thing as a little white lie. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. If it walk like a duck, smell like a duck, look like a duck, quack, it is not a pig. <laughs> it's a duck. So here we are, my brothers and sisters. Can we just continue on with this here? We understand that since 1844, we have been living in a time of the judgment. And Acts 7.31 says that God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world. We have entered that judgment hour, family of God. The destiny of this world is now in being decided. God is making it clear that what is the reason for this judgment. So why the judgment? What is the reason for it? Well, I'm glad you asked. And I have it right here. You see, the judgment before Christ comes, doesn't God, doesn't God know who will be saved and who will be lost? Yes, he does. He knows exactly all that is going on but part of the controversy between good and evil the bible recalls this young man called lucifer god created lucifer being this dazzling light bright this this brightness uh, uh, but he rebelled against god and he led the universe into disobedience let's read about this fallen angel uh, how you have fallen from heaven oh lucifer son of the morning star for you have said in your heart I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God he goes on to say that he I will also sit in the mount of the congregation and on the furthest side of the north from the north where God's law was given Satan wanted to be the lawgiver he said, I will ascend above the highest of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Lucifer wanted to be or to sit on God's throne. Lucifer wanted to be God. He rejected God's authority. He wanted to be his own ruler to set opinions above God's sovereignty. 
So Lucifer claimed that God was unfair. Lucifer led a third of the angels into rebellion. Lucifer came to planet earth and he led Adam and Eve in the same sin, rejecting God's love and God's authority. And family of God, if I can just share with you, before the universe, Lucifer has charged, God is unfair. God's not righteous. God's way is not the best way. God's law can't be kept. And every time we fall, every time we sin, every time we lie, every time we cheat, every time we disobey, every time, every time, every time, you are proving this knucklehead right. Every time we're giving him a, a, a reason, we're basically saying, you know what, God, we, I can't keep your law. It's too much. I can't handle it. <laughs> I don't want to do it, no. I don't want to. And we're giving the, we're basically saying that Satan, you're right and God is wrong. So the courts, the heavenly records reveals God's justice. Before God wipes sin out of the universe, his love, his fairness, his justice will be shown to the universe. The universe will see God's love is so much. We will see that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It will be more than just words that we read off of a page. We will stand before God on that judgment day and we will be able to say without a shadow of a doubt that God you are just you are fair that your ways are righteous and, and, and your way is good and I don't deserve even to stand here in the presence of your throne but Lord I'm so glad my Lord and so the judgment God is basically sin. I said it yesterday and I'm saying it again. The judgment is simply letting you and I know that God is a good God. And so our lives, our lives come before God in that judgment and God asks the question. God asks, could I have done anything more to save them? Could I have done more to save them? I would, it would, it would be evident that anybody who was lost is not because God didn't give them a chance, the opportunity, but it would be because of their own choices. God didn't love them. He did because God did everything that he possibly could to save the human race. But we chose to do something else. The power of choice. Now I want to be honest with you. The reality of the judgment that God has given us this ability to choose. Because just like you and I who are in relationships, we don't want to be in a relationship even if it's a good friend. You don't want a good friend afraid of you or scared of you. You don't want a good friend that because you made them. 
No, no. You want that spouse, you want that friend, you want that loved one to love you because of who you are, faults and all. So when I break apart a simple or crack a verb or whatever I do, you will still say, that's my friend. <laughs> Through thick and thin. I can't remember the rest of it. I wish I could. It ain't, don't do it. Okay, I, I take my cues from God and my wife. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's why I take my cues from, from God and my wife. And she was like this. <laughs> How much time am I working with? I need to get on down the road here. So the Bible reminds us, to re let us know the reality. Romans, Romans chapter uh, 14 12 simply says so then each of us shall give account of himself to God the Bible teaches the reality of the judgment everyone will give account to himself or herself to God so don't get caught up in what I'm doing please don't get tripping over and falling down and scraping your elbows because the pastor because you can't stand there for me you so caught up in what I'm doing and you go stand before God and you forgot you got some stuff too that you, some dishes in your sink that you didn't clean. You forgot you put them dishes in that dishwasher because you shut the door out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> and when you get before God, he's going to open up the dishwasher and he's going to show you all those spoons, all those forks, all those cups. <laughs> so rejoice oh young man the Bible tells us rejoice in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes but know that all these God will bring you into judgment so do what you do Hey Amen. I'm not giving you permission. You're going to do that yourself. I can tell you, I'm, I try to get everybody in planet Earth to come on, and, come on in here and get some of this. But, but, but only the tools and the fuels. But it's all good. See? It's all good. Because the reality is, we all going to have to stand before him for ourselves. And that's why I get excited. Because you can't go and tattletale on me. Because while you're trying to fix your lips to tell me about me, God's going to say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. What about this, sister soldier? <laughs> what about this, brother, bruh? Talking about him, what about your stuff? So I'm going to need you to leave mine alone. And I'm going to need what, what the, the William brothers. Sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. Amen. Because we all got to stand before God on the judgment. I'm just a nobody trying to, I love the William brother, trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. So while I'm standing here as a vessel, I know it, I got it, I realize it, God knows it. God know I'm not perfect, but yet he still had me stand here and say what I'm saying. Because guess what, I'm accountable for what comes out of my mouth. So. Rejoice. Know that God is in control. Know that God has it all worked out. Know that God is exactly what we're doing. 
I don't know if I'm about to lose. The Bible teaches the magnitude of the universality of the judgment. Every human being has, case, has a case at the bar of God. We are responsible of our choices, our actions, and our decisions. The judgment reaches into our personal lives. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it simply says that for, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it is good or bad. Nothing secret with God. Nothing can get by God. Your secret sins, God sees them. God is watching his eyes are seeing everything. So, oh, the preacher don't see you, but God does. The choir members don't see me, but God does. Oh, we act one way on Sabbath, but then we do another all through the week. But let me help you out, help you out. God sees everything. And so when we stand before God on Judgment Day, we're going to have to remove the mask. You've got to take the mask off. You see, we look good in front of each other, but we got to remove the mask. The mask must come off. The story of a young man that was in this movie theater. The movie was packed with a bunch of folk, and somebody came running in and said, if anybody's here with another man's wife, you better leave now because her husband just ran in here with a shotgun. About 17 folk jumped up and ran out. <laughs> Psalms 139 tells us, Our Lord, you, O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You are familiar with my ways. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So the Bible says that you've searched me, O God. How will you stand in the judgment? Is there greed, lust, selfishness in, the, in our heart? How will you stand before God? You may say, Pastor, I can't make it in, the, in that judgment. God knows everything, all my thoughts, all my words, everything that I've done. How in the world can I make it in that judgment? What Matthew reminds us, he says, but I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. The Bible says that our words are brought into judgment. In the Bible, the words are, are, are very important. Uh, Moses spoke angry words, and uh, uh, Peter denied the Lord and began to curse with words. And Pilate lost his soul because he refused to act in the, the evidence in his critical words. Uh, uh, what about Judas? Judas' words of betrayal. The judgment reveals our thoughts, our actions, and our words. So how can you and I pass the judgment? How can we do this? I'm out of here. The book are open. The books are open. What is God doing? What well, Malachi tells us here, that then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So the book of remembrance, 
was written before him, for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. The good news of the judgment is that everything is recorded, not only the bad deeds, but also the good things, the kind things that we've done, the wonderful things that we've done, words of encouragement, words of hope, words of encouragement, when we encourage each other. These things are being recorded. Our faith. God said, I understand that you're not perfect, but there are some other things that are being recorded as well. So in addition for the judgment to be fair, we must not only record the good deeds and, or the bad deeds, uh, also some things, some, some, something in, in, in the background of our environment, the difficulty, he understands. He said, I see all of that. So even when we cry, the Bible says they're being recorded. Our children, the tears over our children, how we pray over them, it's being recorded. We want to see them in the kingdom. It's being recorded. Every sorrow, every experience, every loneliness, it's all being recorded. The Lamb's Book of Life. Only two classes. There are only two classes. The saved and the lost. And I just want to ask you, what class will you be in? Revelation reminds us that he who was unjust, let him be unjust still. He who was righteous, let him be righteous still. Those two classes, the just and the unjust, righteous and the unrighteous, let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. Those who refuse to claim Jesus, who rejected Christ, the Bible says, will be blotted out the book of the living. But Revelation 3, 5 adds, he who overcomes, meaning those who accept Christ as their redeemer, shall be clothed in white garments and will not be blotted out. I'm so thankful that God understands, that God knows exactly what we need. He said, you will not be blotted out of the book of life. So, how can I pass this judgment? Well, you can pass it because of what Christ has already done. There is nothing you can do in it and of yourself. But through Jesus can we make it into the kingdom of God. Only through Jesus, although the time is ticking, only through Christ will we be able to make it. Isaiah, but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. You can't do it. As it is written, there is no none righteous, no, not one. Most assuredly, family of God, I say to you, he who hears my word and believe in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into the judgment but has passed from death into life. He is also able to save to the uttermost who come to God through him. God know exactly what he's doing since he always lived to make intercession for us. Amen. He know exactly how and when and where. He said, I see you. But we have to learn to confess. He is able to save us. He is able to keep us. So what are you going to do, my brothers and sisters? When we have an advocate of the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness. What are you going to do, my brothers and sisters? When you find yourself on your bed of affliction and the hour clock is ticking down, what are you going to do, family of God? 
What are you going to do? The Bible says in Revelation, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me and I give to everyone according to his works. God said, I'm coming. I'm coming. Steve, a young man by the name of Steve was raised as a, in a Christian home and he lived, um, went to a Christian school and he um, was raised with Christian parents. And one day as Steve got a little older, he kind of lost the love for going to the church and he started going out and started hanging out. He started mingling, mixing it up with his friends, and the church became such a, a, a distance thing. He, he just rejected anything that had to do with Christianity. He didn't want anything to do with it. And one day as Steve he just, he grew up and he became a swimming coach, and uh, things began to get a little hectic in his life. And so one day Steve decided that he would go to his favorite place. He liked to go to the, to the swimming pool and just want to just relax and, and just enjoy his time there and just kind of clear his thoughts. And, and, and while Steve was there, he climbed up on the, uh, a diving board and he was about to jump in and he was still contemplating. As he stood on the edge of the, of the diving board and he kind of bent down and, 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 and there was this silhouette of a cross that kind of reflected off of the water. As Steve stood there, he began to think he saw, he started to, to, to feel the conviction and Steve climbed down off the, off the ladder and he stood there in the Bible, you know, and, and then Steve uh, began to think about the Bible, started having his reflection of back when he went to Christian education and, the, and, and he began to kneel down right there beside of the swimming pool and he kneeled down and he called out Jesus and it was at that moment Steve gave his life back to Jesus. So he started feeling a little good about life. He started feeling a lot better about things. And so what he did was he, 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 he looked up to heaven and he felt God's presence. He felt as if God was, was um, reaching down to just connect with him. And so Steve decided that he would climb back into the pool. And as he climbed in the pool, instead of diving into the pool, he said, I'll just sit in the pool and just kind of relax and wait. So as he climbed down the side of the pool, he got on the ladder, and as he began to climb down the ladder, he noticed that he was going down, and he wasn't filling any of the water. And so he kept climbing down and down, and then to Steve's surprise, the pool was empty. Had not Steve stopped and reflected on Christ, had he not taken notice of the silhouette the reflection of the cross. Had he not taken notice, his choice to climb down, had he had a chose a different and dove into the pool, he would have dove to his death. I don't know about you, <laughs> but I don't want to take that plunge. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're experiencing right now. But if there's anybody here that feels the need to just give their heart to Christ. Is there anybody here that says, you know what? I, I want Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. You know, I, I, I don't want to leave here without making sure that my calling and election is sure. If you're such a person, I just ask if you can just raise your hand. If you want Jesus to be, I see your hand in the back, my brother. Could we just move back here and, and um, get his information? My praise God. Amen. Let's put our hands together. I don't know about you, but when Jesus comes, even though I know I'm not perfect, through Jesus, 
I'm perfect through him. And that's how I live my life. The best doing what God has called me to do. You may, you may, be, you may be saved and you may just want to be drawn closer to God and you, and you want to um, just make, your, make a, a fresh start as we go into this week. I just ask if you can just stand with me as we close out with a word of prayer. And for those that want to bless or have an offering, you want to leave, we will have our deacons at the door to, to receive that gift. Let us pray. Father God, again, we thank you once again for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. We ask that you will lead us into all righteousness. Let everything we say and do bring honor and glory to your name. Father, we want to thank you so much for what has transpired in this place here tonight. And we pray, Lord, that as we go forward, that we make our choices based off of, of, of heaven. That we would do what you've called us to do. That the decisions that we make, Father God, would be a reflection of God's glory. Forgive us again of our sins, we pray in Jesus' name. That the people of God say amen and amen again. Again, we want to thank you for coming out. Um, we'll be here on Tuesday at 7. We will start at 7. We, have our, we, we, still, have, we still have food downstairs. So we ask that you would please stop by downstairs and even take it to go. Um, I think we have some to-go plates downstairs. You can take it with you. But we'll be here um, Tuesday at 6, amen, for the meal. And we'll start our program at 7. God bless you and have a blessed rest of the evening.